Victoria, and how deep is your love? For quarter past eight, the full English breakfast show. Did you know that the Earth's core is cooling more quickly than we realised? No, I didn't either. Uh, scientists have found the discovery could have important implications for the future of the planets. Now, the history of Earth has been one of gradually getting colder. Some 4.5 billion years ago, when it was young, its surface was just a deep ocean of violently hot magma. Over time, that cooled down to form the crust that we walk on top of today. Uh, that process left behind a range of processes that keep our Earth active, such as volcanoes and plate tectonics. But it remains a mystery exactly how fast it's cooling and when it might end. That question is key because it could tell us where our planet is headed and how and when it might meet a kind of death that will leave it more like inactive planets such as Mars. Now, one of the ways of answering the question is to delve into the minerals that make up the boundary between the Earth's core and its mantle. Now, that's where rock meets the molten core, and so is one of the key parts where the rate of that cooling will be decided. Actually examining that layer is difficult, See, uh, it's, since it's deep beneath our feet and hard to experiment on, but in a new study, scientists instead looked into a lab at how the materials making that boundary might conduct heat and use those to understand what might be happening inside our planet. They looked at the mineral brigmanite, uh, which makes up most of that layer, and they were shocked to find it's actually more conductive than they thought, suggesting the heat is likely flowing out of the core more quickly as well. Uh, this measurement system lets us show that the thermal conductivity of brigmanite is around 1.5 times higher than assumed, say uh, professors at uh, ETH Zurich University who are working on the study. Well, it's going to give a bit of, sort of ammunition to the climate change tonight, isn't it? Well, the Earth's calls cooling, uh, climate change is rubbish, isn't it? Must be. <laughs> Riviera Radio. Business. Good morning, big boy. Good morning. Friday's the month <laughs> best day of the week. Never mind about that. Do you like being whipped? Being whipped? Yeah. Uh, no. I certainly Come wouldn't admit on. it on, uh, on live radio, even if I did. Come being on. whipped? We know, no. you, we know you're down at Madame Helga's in Cobham on a Friday night. You, know, you can't get enough of it, whipped? can you? I don't know. That's Whipping. not on my agenda. Whipping operations. <laughs> what, what is your fascination with whipping this morning? Government whipping. Oh, okay, that type of whipping. Oh, I see. Yes, so the the uh, the people who know the dark art, the dark art of politics, and uh, how to manoeuvre the votes. But uh, so receiving a bit of um, comeuppance, perhaps this morning, or at least giving some uh, transparency around the process in order to encourage people to vote in the right way. Yeah, it's it's like House of Cards, basically, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I don't know how dramatic it is, but, uh, you know, people got to stand up for themselves. I mean, if you represent your constituency, should you be bullied by a whip? I don't think so. Yeah, but, I mean, if, you know, there's uh, evidence that you're into the S&M and they're going to publish it in the newspaper unless you vote for the... <laughs> well, you'd quite like whipping then, wouldn't you? Well, I like whipping cream. Uh, okay. Never mind about the, that. When, when's the balloon going up? Has Mrs. Potts signed your shirts? You know, it's, you'll be called back to the office soon, <laughs> aren't you? This is it. I'm sure oh. <laughs> sooner rather than later, the day you've been looking forward to. Listen, I look forward to it as well. Listen, I don't think it's particularly healthy uh, for a marriage, dare I say it, for your home life, for your, for your mental state of health to... Uh, to be at home 24 hours a day. So, I, I listen, I think it'll be... Uh, I look forward to going back to the office and spending more time with colleagues, and I think that's important. So I, I have absolutely no problem with that. Sending out for a press and uh, Starbucks, you know, that kind of stuff? Yeah, some of the old things are nice. A little bit of sushi down there would be nice in Canary Wharf. Yeah. 
Go and get me some sushi. Yes, Mr. Potts. No, Mr. Oh Potts. My. <laughs> you have such an outdated view of the modern working environment. You really do. I know. We're years behind the time in this country. Right, markets. Another pretty grim day on Wall Street yesterday. Nasdaq now down 10% for the year, more than 10%, officially in correction territory. How long do you think this is going to go yeah. on? You're exactly right. US stocks tumbling into the close. The Nasdaq gave up gains yesterday of 2% to actually close the session down 1.3%. You say now 10% below that November all-time high. The rotation out of growth stocks continues. Investors also perhaps turning their back on some of the pandemic winners. Peloton yesterday shares down 24% after announcing it was halting some production, suggesting demand for its products has fallen quite dramatically. Along with the falls in the technology market, the S&P was also off yesterday 1.1%. Could also argue there's fewer signs investors have been buying on the dip. So perhaps an intensification of the risk aversion that started during the course of this year playing out. Most of the losses on Wall Street came when uh, Europe was closed. So we're playing catch up this morning. So looking at the open significantly to the downside Currently calling the FTSE down in seven minutes, down 77 points. Dax over in Frankfurt, down 217 points. Catcoran in Paris, off 118 points. I did. I don't like the sound of that at all. Um, no. right, Netflix uh, spoke in the, uh, the wheel there. Yeah, shares of Netflix slumped 20% in after-hours trading this after saying they expect to add just 2.5 million subscribers this quarter, which is well below analyst expectations. The markets were looking for a figure closer to 6.2 million subscribers, and that 2.5 million would represent the slowest start to the year for more than a decade. Netflix added 18.2 million subscribers in 2021, which is around half of the figure that they achieved in 2020. That, of course, was a record year when people were stuck at home during the course of the most severe lockdown. Uh, in terms of reasons for the weaker outlook, well, you've got increased competition from the likes of Disney, amongst other, Amazon Prime. You've got pressures on disposable incomes as inflationary pressures rise. And there's a fewer new big releases slated for the first quarter. But there's also perhaps signs that Netflix is becoming a more mature company and no longer in that growth phase. It's now got nearly 200 million subscribers. Share price, should remember, has been a tremendous performer. Shares have surged 6,000% over the course of the past 10 years. That's to the end of December. Netflix uh, relies on subscriber growth and price hikes to boost sales. The focus perhaps increasingly will be certainly on mature markets to be raising prices. They did hike prices, I think, in the US and Canada recently. There are growth opportunities, particularly in the likes of Asia, for example. Japan and Korea are markets they still can grow in. India is a market they haven't gained the traction perhaps they would like to see there. Netflix also talking about moving into games. Should remember, certainly after the deal we saw between Microsoft and Act Activision this week, that that game sector is becoming increasingly competitive as well. So, uh, yeah, markets just trying to see what the growth profile for Netflix looks like in the future. God, it's going to be a tough time for you, isn't it? No more hanging out in your pyjamas watching Netflix. <laughs> it's all over now. <laughs> uh, do you watch uh, a lot of Netflix? That has not been the case either way. Uh, not really, no. to be honest with you. I don't watch a great deal of television. My children watch a bit of television. They watch Disney a little bit. and uh, Peppa Pig. Yeah, some stuff on Netflix, actually. Uh, they're a little bit beyond Peppa Pig now, it has oh, to be said. Peppa is no That's longer sad. a big... Alvin and the Chipmunks are mm. the uh, flavour of the choice these days. Really? Turning punishment mm. into punishment. 
That's Alvin and the Chipmunks, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, he, he does all sorts of nonsense. I still enjoy Peppa Pig, I have to say. Do you? Yeah, it's for adults as well okay. as children. I mean, some of the, some of the humor. There are is. moments yeah. of little comedy genius in, uh, yeah, in, yeah. Pe- in Peppa Pig that is, is, you're right, that's just sort of gauged there for the adults. Yeah, uh, yeah, well, I, I get fed up with Netflix because, uh, you know, I get fed up sort of, you know, trying to search for stuff with that stupid box with the letters on it and then it doesn't turn up, you know. Okay, I haven't had that trouble, it has to be said. But, uh, yeah, you know, I guess we got to saturation point. Perhaps we're all a bit bored of watching television and need to go out and experience the world once I wouldn't again. go that far. <laughs> right, foreign exchange. Oh, no, actually, very quick word about Eurozone inflation. We're all feeling the pinch, aren't we? Yes, certainly our Eurozone inflation, both headline and core inflation, hit a record high in December. Headline came in at 5%. This is energy prices in the region surge. In fact, they contributed 2.5 percentage points to the headline reading. Supply bottlenecks continue to create price pressures for goods and food. Statistical factors actually result in services inflation registering a decline of 2.4%. I don't think you can read too much into that. As with other regions, we've increased our 2022 inflation projection for Europe, given the surge in energy prices, that higher contribution from food inflation. Now expect the harmonised index of consumer prices to average 3.7% during the course of this year, but then easing back to 1.5% in 2023. I think given the relatively benign medium-term outlook for inflation, the recovery being less advanced in Europe than elsewhere, we still do not anticipate a rate hike from the European Central Bank until the end of 2023. OK, foreign exchanges then, please. Pounding against dollar just below 136. This morning, euro dollar coming in at 113. Going to get one euro, 20 cents for your British pound this morning. Oh, no. What? Does that mean you could be coming down to Monaco having it large? <laughs> I don't think the British pound goes very well in Monaco, to be honest with you. And I don't really have it large, but uh, I <laughs> look forward to spending some time with you in the near future. Oh, I can hardly wait. Thank you. Have a lovely weekend. Have a good weekend. Talk to you on Monday, Hank Potts and Barclays. The Press Review is brought to you by BMW Cote d'Azur. The I newspaper says an embattled Boris Johnson was warned yesterday he was still likely to be ousted as Prime Minister despite an attempt to fight back by highlighting the government's record on COVID-19 and the economy. Uh, the Prime Minister appeared to change his approach to the Downing Street party scandal that threatens to cost him the top job, replacing his grave, apologetic approach, which was criticised earlier in the week, with attempts to brush off questions and stress his achievements. And the change came after the defection of MP Christian Wakeford from the Tories to Labour, appeared to win Mr Johnson breathing space from plots to oust him, at least until the publication of Sue Gray's report into the Partygate scandal next week. Uh, but new allegations of bullying by the whips has now surfaced, uh, putting Mr Johnson under pressure again. The Irish Times says the government will today approve the lifting of almost all COVID-19 restrictions, with the exact timetable to be agreed by coalition leaders in advance of a special cabinet meeting this afternoon. Uh, the National Public Health Emergency Team last night gave the go-ahead for the removal of all co- almost all COVID restrictions and regulations, including a return to normal opening hours for hospitality, expected soon, and the end of the use of the digital pass for pubs and restaurants. A phased return to work has also been recommended to give workplaces time to organise their own individual safety measures. The recommendations were contained in a letter from Chief Medical Officer Sir Tony Holohan, sent to Minister for Health Stephen Donnelly last night. 
And from the Financial Times, real estate company Cushman and Wakefield assessed the Trump organization's interest in Forsy Wall Street, an ageing Manhattan office tower, in 2010 and concluded it was worth $200 million. When Donald Trump listed the building in a statement of his financial health the same year, the value was very different, $601 million. Now, those conflicting appraisals lie at the heart of twin investigations by the New York Attorney General and the Manhattan District Attorney into the former US President and his family property business, the Trump Organization. Uh, this week, Letitia James, the Attorney General, declared she had uncovered significant evidence of fraud committed by the Trumps after submitting a 160-page court filing late on Tuesday night that provided an unusually detailed look inside the three-year investigation. The news is next. The Press Review, brought to you by BMW, Mies Premium Motors, Bayern Avenue Cannes, BMW Store Monaco and JPV Fréjus. Nice work if you can get her. What is that jingle says on Riviera Radio Nights? If you marry your lover, you create a vacancy. Who wrote that, honestly? Disgraceful. Uh, ten past nine, the Full English Breakfast Show. Very pleased to have Monsieur Louis Ducre in the studio, uh, organising the Fight AIDS Cup in Monaco uh, next Monday, the 24th of January. Hi, Louis. Hi. Nice of you to come in. Do you know, I remember when you were born. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I remember we had played a song called Louis. Do you, you've heard that song, I take it? Uh, no. No? You've no, never I heard didn't it? have a chance. You've never heard it? OK. No. Oh, well, we had to play it several times, but, uh, God, it means I'm getting really old. Anyway, we're not here to talk about how old I am. Uh, Fight AIDS Cup, Monday the 24th of January. Tell us all about this. Uh, Fight AIDS Cup will uh, take place in the Stade Louis II on Monday. Uh, kickoff will be at uh, 6.30, and um, we uh, hope to have a lot of people to to try to support uh, Fight Ed's Monaco. Uh, all the funds will be uh, collected for, for Fight Ed's Monaco directly. And you've got some top names playing. Tell us a few of the stars who are going to be appearing. Yeah, we have top top players in the two teams. Uh, in the uh, Barbadian teams, we have some former player of, of Monaco, a famous player, legend, uh, like uh, Didier Deschamps, uh, Claude Puel, Fernando Morientes, Trezeguet. Um, Ludovic Julie, uh, and also for the uh, for the circus team, we have uh, we have the chance to have Clarence Sidorf, Mendieta, uh, Zaccardo, Lucatoni, um, Laure Boulot also a female player. So yeah, pretty good players. And uh, is Prince Albert playing, or is he afraid to get his knees out these days? No, he was not. He would not be playing. He's a little bit freezing in January. So. <laughs> Um, it's all in, in aid of uh, Fight AIDS Monaco and, and the charity's just done an amazing job uh, bringing awareness about AIDS and also helping to, to fund research into a cure. Yeah, it's more to help people living with, uh, with, uh, with AIDS, um, living, uh, help them in their everyday life uh, because most of them are rejected every day uh, and uh, they lose uh, confidence in themselves. So the, the charity's here for them to try to recover this confidence, try to help them to live back uh, normal and to be seen like normal people again. And uh, while there isn't actually a cure yet, it's amazing the progress that has been made over the years. And, you know, most people can actually lead a reasonably normal life as long as they take uh, the right combination of drugs. Yeah, right now uh, we have the chance to have some good medication to try to uh, avoid the transmission also of the virus. And, uh, and people can live uh, almost normal because uh, there are still some people can have some 
rejection of the medication. Right, because um, you're saying, do you, do, you, do you still think there's a stigma attached to AIDS or, or you know, do people feel that they're not welcome fully in society still? Unfortunately, the mentality of people uh, didn't change uh, totally. And so there is some uh, bad, uh, bad feeling and bad uh, uh, mentality about uh, about that. But uh, when you know them, you know they're normal people and they are like uh, you and me. Absolutely. Well, we hope uh, you raise a lot of money for uh, for Fight Monaco with the Fight Cup. Starts at 6.30? Kick off at 6.30, yeah. So, but the open door uh, around uh, 5, 5.15. Okay, and do, do people just turn up on the door or can they go to the Stade Louis de box office and get some tickets as well? Yeah, you can get tickets on the AS Monaco website because uh, AS Monaco is helping us uh, to sell the ticket online. Uh, and also you can buy uh, at the stadium, but you have to present a sanitary pass also. And uh, are you happy with the way Monaco are going this season? It's okay. Uh, I think they can do uh, a little bit better, but uh, we have to be happy w- with uh, what we have because uh, it's not a disaster season uh, also, so we keep supporting them. Well, we hope to see you back in the Champions League very, very soon. Louis, thank you so much for coming in. And uh, if everybody can go down to the Stade Luda uh, to support the Fight AIDS Monaco Cup next Monday, the 24th of uh, January. Louis, thank you again. Thank you. On FM and DAB Plus across the Côte d'Azur, on your phone and worldwide online. This is Riviera Radio with the latest local news for the south of France. I'm Rob Harrison with the top stories across the Riviera. The French Prime Minister Jean Castex and the Health Secretary uh, Olivier Rapperin have announced a timetable for the easing of coronavirus restrictions but have stressed the pandemic is far from over. Speaking at a press conference on Thursday evening, Mr Castex said it was thanks to the vaccine programme and the health pass that people had been able to celebrate Christmas and the New Year practically as normal, which he said was not the case in many neighbouring European countries. Mr Varin said that although cases of the Omicron variant are still growing, admissions to intensive care units and hospitals had fallen by 15%, which he said was encouraging. The new timeline is intended to give the public a perspective on how the fight against the virus is progressing and when a more normal way of life can be restored. On the 2nd of February, mask-wearing outdoors will be scrapped and there will be an end to a limit on the number of people entering public buildings. Homeworking will still be recommended but not compulsory. On the 16th of February, nightclubs will be allowed to reopen and consumption of food and drink will be allowed again in sports stadiums, cinemas and on public transports. Customers in bars will also be allowed to consume drinks standing up at the counter. The new health passport will come into force next Monday and Mr Castex said it was for this reason that many other restrictions would be lifted. The government's spokesman Gabriel Attal has confirmed that electricity prices will not rise by more than 4% in 2022. Mr Attal said the government would honour the promise made by the Economy Minister Bruno Le Maire last week, which will cost the public finances an estimated €8 billion. The French government holds an 84% stake in the country's electricity supplier EDF, with the company complaining that it will cost it between 7.7 and 8.4 billion euros at current market prices. Some reports say the consumers would have seen their bills increase by 45% from February if the government hadn't stepped in. 
The French Interior Ministry has published figures for asylum claims in 2021, which show a 28.3% increase on 2020. The ministry says there were 104 initial claims for asylum last year, still well below numbers asking to be allowed to remain in France before the pandemic struck. Immigration is set to play a major part in the French presidential election campaign, with most political parties shifting towards the right, with promises to limit numbers and impose further restrictions on benefits. The 79-year-old woman who was murdered in southern Morocco last weekend was from Lemuy in the VAR. Christiane Fauré, a mother of three, lived for six months of the year in Lemuy and spent the rest of her time in Morocco where she was an experienced traveller. Madame Fauré was stabbed to death in a market in the southern Moroccan town of Tiznet by a 31-year-old man who's now in custody. Both Moroccan and French investigators have opened a terrorist probe. The man in custody is also a suspect in the brutal attack on a Belgian tourist. Fortunately, he survived and is expected to make a full recovery. The head of the French Architecture and Buildings Office has given the green light for the demolition of the National Theatre in Nice. The demolition has been the subject of heated debate on both local and national level, with several politicians, including MP Eric Ciossi and the socialist Patrick Alamar, firmly opposed to the move. The mayor of Nice, Christian Estrosi, wants the theatre demolished to pursue his green agenda for the city, and Luc Alboy from the National Architecture and Buildings Office has backed the plan. He concedes the building is relatively recent and was designed by the renowned architect Yves Bayard, but the interests of urban planning for the 21st century supersede the architectural merits of a building constructed in the 1980s. Mr Albuy went on to say that the demolition of the old bus station and the nearby commercial gallery and rooftop car park had helped to improve quality of life for residents and pulling down the theatre building was the next logical development. And the president of the Provencal Côte d'Azur Regional Assembly has pledged to plant 5 million trees in the territory between now and 2028. Speaking in Marseille on Thursday, Renaud Muselier said that he had promised 3 million extra trees would be planted as part of his re-election campaign, but he was increasing the number to 5 million as part of plans to combat climate change and improve the environment. Mr Muselier said that with climate scientists forecasting a dangerous increase in temperatures in the Mediterranean region over the coming years, it was vital to step up to the challenge and plant as many trees as possible to absorb more carbon dioxide. The region will work with the French National Forestry Office to ensure that the right variety of trees is planted to fit the natural environments. Riviera Radio, Sports News. Tennis, it's day five of the Australian Open in Melbourne. British hopes all but over after Andy Murray and Emma Raducanu were both knocked out in rounds two. Uh, today so far there have been second round wins for Anya Sabalenka and Iga Sviatek, but the two-time Grand Slam winner Garbine Muguruza is out, beaten in straight sets by Elise Cornier France. In the men's event, Daniel Medvedev and Stefanos Tsitsipas are both safely into round three, but Grigor Dimitrov is out after losing to Benoit Paire of France. In the last few moments, Victoria Azarenka has uh, made it through to round four uh, with a straight set win over Svitolina. Football, Liverpool have set up a League Cup final date with Chelsea at Wembley. Here are the details from BBC Sports. BBC Premier League update from the home of Premier League football. Hello, I'm Andy Barwell at the BBC Sports Centre. Liverpool are through to face Chelsea in this season's English Football League Cup final. Liverpool were 2-0 second-leg winners away at Arsenal for a 2-0 aggregate semi-final success. Both goals came from Diogo Jota.
The Liverpool boss Jurgen Klopp was happy with his side reaching a Wembley showpiece occasion. Chelsea, um, look, you play a final, pretty likely that you will face an outstanding strong team. <laughs> that's what happened now. But uh, nevertheless, we wanted to qualify for it. So that's what we did. And um, Wembley is a special place, how we all know. Yeah, there are a lot of games to play until then. So it's not now that you just play next week or whatever. So there are a lot of games to play. We will see um, where we are um, then. But um, we really put a lot of um, effort in, in, in this in this uh, competition. And uh, uh, we really want to go through. And so when you go through, when you're in the final, there's absolutely no reason to be part of the final if you don't want to win it. Meanwhile, the Arsenal striker Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang says he's been given a clean bill of health after leaving the Africa Cup of Nations to return to London for heart checks. The Gabon Football Federation said last week that tests have been conducted in Cameroon after the player tested positive for COVID-19. And Wolverhampton Wanderers have rejected a bid of just over $20 million from Tottenham for winger Adama Traore. But the Spurs boss, Antonio Conte, is keen on the 25-year-old Spain international who has 18 months left on his contract at Molyneux. Wolves boss Bruno Large knows he must sell before he buys new players this month. For more football news from the BBC, go to bbc.com football. BBC Premier League update from the home of Premier League football. Yeah, Chelsea against Liverpool in the League Cup final. That's something to look forward to, isn't it, Sarah Lysa? Uh, in the English Premier League this weekend, Watford hosts Norwich tonight. Watford won last uh, week against Everton, but uh, can they repeat the feat away against Watford? I don't think so. Uh, Watford for me. Saturday, Everton against Aston Villa. Everton at sixes and sevens, no manager. Villa doing pretty well under Steven Gerrard. I'll go for a Villa win there. Uh, Brentford against Wolves. Mm, draw. Uh, Leeds against Newcastle. I have to say Leeds there, despite all the money Newcastle are throwing at things. Manchester United against West Ham. That could be an interesting one. I'll stick my neck out and go for West Ham and Southampton against Manchester City. No prizes for who's going to win that. Uh, Sunday, Arsenal against Burnley. Yeah, sorry, Stuart, Arsenal for me. Uh, Crystal Palace against Liverpool. Could be interesting, but uh, I think Liverpool will win that. Leicester against Bryson. That also could be interesting. Uh, Leicester and uh, Chelsea against Spurs. Can we play every week? But (laughs) on the current form, I'm not quite sure, but I'll go for Chelsea anyway. Uh, Cricket South Africa are hosting India in the first one-day international in Pal today. Uh, the series comes after the hosts won the three-match test series 2-1. Uh, rugby Union one game in the European Champions Cup tonight. Harlequins play Castres in Pool B. And in motorsports, Sebastian Ogier leads the Monte Carlo Rally following a spectacular night of action in the first round of the World Rally Championship. The eight-time world champion outpaced seven-time Monte Carlo winner Sebastian Loeb in the Toyota Yaris GS after winning both speed tests. Loeb in the M Sport Ford Puma is in second as the cars battled in the darkness across the Col de Turini. Ogier said it had been a difficult night with a lot of frost and humidity in places with the shift to the mix of electric and combustion power in the championship causing extra problems. Here's the marine weather forecast for coastal areas up to 20 miles offshore the Almaracim and the VAR. The general situation is high pressure, 1,030 to 1,033 millibars over Spain and southwestern France. Uh, winds are variable, force 2 to 4, the sea is slight, visibility is good. Barometric pressure at saint jean cap 1,019 millibars and the outlook for Saturday. Clear skies, force 2 to 4, variable winds, slight seas and good visibility.
For North Corsica, winds are variable, force 2 to 4, the sea is slight, visibility is good, barometric pressure at Cap Course, 1,020 millibars, and the outlook for Saturday, clear skies, force 1 to 3, variable winds, calm seas, and good visibility. Riviera Radio, weather. No change on lands, just going on and on this weather and looking into next week is also looking pretty similar. Clear skies, light to moderate variable winds, temperatures 12 to 14 degrees, overnight lows 3 to 6 degrees on the coast, minus 2 degrees inland with clear skies. At the weekend, clear skies, highs of 11 to 14 degrees. Finally, a dog has been rescued from mud flats after search teams dangled a sausage from a drone. <laughs> Uh, Millie, a three-year-old Jack Russell, went missing in reed beds near Emsworth in Hampshire and was eventually spotted from the air in a dangerous area of mudflats. A Denmead drone search and rescue group launched the sausage after two days of previous rescue efforts had failed. Uh, Chris Taylor described it as a genius idea. Uh, Millie's owner said she'd been terrified after her pet slipped the lead while on a walk and ran off. Uh, she was spotted two hours later on the coastal mudflats at Langston. Denmead Drone Search and Rescue Group, which was formed three years ago to respond to missing pets and people, eventually located her using a drone. Uh, the marshland was due to flood within hours, so they had to act quickly, they said. Uh, the drone pilot thought of tying foods to lure her away, so after a risk assessment, they gave it a try. Uh, she was lured about 300 metres over to the edge of the mud flats onto high ground, uh, which we knew was safe. But after eating half the sausage, she wasn't caught and escaped into a woodland near the A3. After two further days on the run, she was spotted three miles away near Costrum Fire Station and eventually came bounding over to the rescue team to ask for the rest of the sausage. <laughs> it was an unusual rescue, uh, said the organisation. It was very difficult to navigate the area. The drone was worth its weight in gold. So, a happy ending. Uh, you're up to date. The news is on the website, rivieradio.mc. It's 19 minutes away from uh, 8. <laughs> or something like that. Tim and uh, Jam with both like trio. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. Da, da, da. I thought they were saying glig, 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 but they're not. <laughs> <laughs> 